13 years ago, a group of shepherds were having breakfast just outside the village of Gevas in eastern Turkey. And suddenly, one of their sheep jumped off a 45-foot cliff to its death. Then another jumped. Then another. And another. And another. In fact, as the shepherds helplessly looked on, the whole flock of one and a half thousand sheep mindlessly stumbled off that cliff. Now, the only good news was that only the first 450 of them died. Because as the last 1,000 jumped off, their fall was cushioned by all of the big bunch of, of lovely, soft, woolly sheep lying there at the bottom of the cliff. Like those sheep, we too are dangerously susceptible to the influence of others. We too are liable to follow the crowd and make disastrous decisions in our lives. So we really can't depend on ourselves and our own ideas if we're going to live life to the full. Instead, we need to follow the shepherd. And that's what David wrote about in Psalm 23, this very well-known psalm, this beautiful psalm, Psalm 23. But I just want to show you this little video clip. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a beautiful psalm and a very well-known psalm. But let's just think about what it actually means to us this morning. David, he was a son of a shepherd. So he started his working life looking after sheep. Remember, you remember when David volunteered to face Goliath, he told King Saul that your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And as a king, this role continued, but with a different kind of flock. 
the Lord told him, you shall shepherd my people Israel and you shall become their ruler. But David wasn't the only shepherd in Israel. In Jeremiah 23 and 1, the Lord said, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep on my pasture. Here Jeremiah was referring to the religious leaders who had been given the responsibility to lead and to look after the people of God. But ultimately, David was not depending on any of those people to be his shepherd. Not his dad, not the other leaders in the nation, and not even himself. Instead, David declared right at the start of this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal statement of faith. He is the one that David depended on to lead him, to provide for him, to guide him, to protect him. No one else but the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of this universe, the covenant-keeping God of Israel. This is the one that David trusted in. This is the one he followed. So I guess the biggest question that we need to ask ourselves this morning is, could we say the same thing? Could we honestly say that the Lord is my shepherd. There are many different people that we could choose to follow today in our lives. Some people, they ultimately depend on their parents to lead them. And to some extent that's okay for a time at least, because that's a parent's job to lead their kids. Others, they put their faith in political leaders or government institutions. And to some extent, that's okay because they are God's servants to do you good, Paul says in Romans chapter 13. Still others look to their religious leaders or their pastors to care for them and watch over them. And again, that's not completely wrong. Because church leaders are called to be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. But of course, these days, many people just don't want anybody to lead them. Or to guide them. They don't want to depend on anybody. They want to follow their own ideas. Their own desires. Their own dreams. And just depend on their own strength. And their own initiative. But sooner or later. We're going to face circumstances. Where those options. Just are not enough. Because none of those people have the wisdom. Or the understanding or the resources, or the strength, or the power to provide us with everything that we need. And so the New Testament makes it clear who we should depend on. The only person that we can truly depend on. So in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And in Hebrews chapter 13, The writer calls Jesus that great shepherd. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 4, Peter refers to Jesus as the chief shepherd. Jesus, he is the only one 
who can ultimately lead us in our lives. He is the only one who can guide us properly. The only one who can provide everything that we need and to protect us from all harm. And so if we want to experience the amazing blessings that are described in this psalm, then first of all we need to be clear about whether we have accepted Christ as our shepherd or not. Have we really submitted to his leadership? Have we put our trust completely in him? If not, then you can do this today. With the confidence that if you come to Jesus and ask him to be your shepherd, then he will not turn you away. Jesus said this, all that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. So this morning this could be your your opportunity to accept Jesus as your shepherd. But if we are among those who can honestly say that we've already accepted Jesus as our shepherd, as our Lord this morning then look at what this psalm describes in terms of what this means to us. First of all, it means that Jesus provides us with everything that we need. David said, I shall not be in want. It doesn't say that you're going to have everything that you want, but that we'll have everything that we need. Because everything that we need ultimately is found in Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 says this, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. Jesus, he is fully God. There's nothing about God that is lacking in him. And if we are in him today, If we have trusted in Him, then we have been made complete in Him. There's nothing about life with God that is lacking in us if we have trusted in Jesus. Jesus is fully God and we are complete if we are in Him. So Ephesians chapter 1 says it this way, that God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual Blessing in Christ. If we have Jesus as our shepherd, then we'll not be in want because if we are in him, then we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing that we ever can need. There's nothing else that we need. He is all that we need. Of course, we may not always feel like this. But this is our reality. When Paul, he was suffering in weakness, the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Jesus' grace is enough for us today. We don't need anything else. To have Jesus as our shepherd is to have everything that we need now and for all eternity. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
And David pictures this sufficiency in three ways in this psalm. Verse 2. First of all, he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I don't know much about sheep. You'll not be surprised about that. But seemingly it takes a lot for sheep to lie down. They need to feel safe. They need to feel content. And they need to feel full. A hungry sheep is always on its feet. Searching for another mouth of food. Trying to satisfy its gnawing hunger. But if Jesus is our shepherd, then we don't need to go searching for something else to fill our hearts. Instead, we can just lie down in that place of abundance, knowing that Jesus is all that we need. This is what Jesus promised in John chapter 6. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never Go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. That leads us to the second picture. Verse 2 again. He leads me beside quiet waters. On our own we have a tendency just to drink from all kinds of sources, don't we? And try and quench our thirst. (coughs) Excuse me. Trying to do that instead of turning to the one who can give us the refreshment that we need. Maybe remember the woman who met Jesus at the well of Sychar. She'd been trying to quench her thirst through a series of of broken relationships. She'd been married five times, five different husbands. And now she was living with a guy who wasn't her husband. But Jesus promised that her thirst could be quenched. Only in him. He said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Instead, indeed, the water I give him will become like in him like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If Jesus is our shepherd, he will lead us to experience spiritual refreshment that will last. And so David said, he restores my soul. Sin. Sin burdens us. Sin breaks us. It destroys our peace within ourselves and with others. And ultimately our peace with God. But if Jesus is our shepherd, he can bring us the forgiveness and the renewal that we need. So that we can experience true life and lasting peace listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 in him, in Christ we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace through the cross Jesus has restored us restored us to himself So that we can experience the satisfaction and the refreshment that our hearts are longing for. So this morning we don't need to go anywhere else. If Jesus is our shepherd, he is all that we want. All that we need. So we won't be in want. He's also all that we need for guidance. Sheep, they're known for their tendency to wander. 
and they get into problems because of that. And so are we. Isaiah 53 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And as a result, we just make a mess of our lives again and again and again. But if we follow Jesus, our shepherd, then he will guide us in the right way. He guides me in paths of righteousness. How does he do that? Well, he doesn't do that by giving us a manual or a list of rules and instructions and regulations for us to follow. Because that wouldn't work. Instead, as our shepherd, he is the one who is walking in that way of righteousness. And he simply calls us to come and follow me. Jesus, he is the way of righteousness. He is the teacher that we need to learn from. He is the counsellor that we need to listen to. He is the servant that we need to imitate. He is the leader that we need to follow. He is the Lord that we need to submit to. And we can be so sure that he won't guide us in the wrong way. Because he doesn't guide us in these paths of righteousness primarily for our own sake, for our own benefit. Now that would be good enough. But even better than doing it for us, this psalm says that he guides us in these paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He does this so that his name is glorified. His reputation is intact. So that he is honoured. And Jesus is totally committed to honouring his name. So we can be sure that if we are following Jesus, that he is guiding us in those paths of righteousness. He won't guide us in the wrong way. He won't lead us astray. But of course that doesn't mean that our way will be easy or pain free. David went on to say, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, are with me. Following the shepherd doesn't mean that we'll avoid those difficult and dangerous paths in our life. It doesn't mean that we'll avoid criticism or persecution or sickness or even death. If we follow Jesus, then we will still go through those dark valleys in our lives. But crucially, We don't need to be afraid as we go through those times. Because the presence of Jesus changes everything. There's a story about a young boy who stood up in front of his class at school to make a speech about what I want to be when I grow up. And he said this, I'm going to be a a lion tamer. I'm going to have lots of fierce lions. And I'll walk into the cage and they'll roar. Then he paused for a moment, just thinking about the the implications of what that would mean. And then he quickly added, but of course, I'll have my mum with me. (laughs) Makes all the difference, doesn't it? For a kid to have their mum with them. How much more then will the presence of Jesus make all the difference 
when we go through the dark valleys in our lives. We don't need to be afraid because we have the shepherd with us. Jesus' final promise to his disciples before ascending into heaven was, Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And David, he detailed what this, the difference this will make. In the next bit in this verse, verse 4, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That rod was a heavy club for beating off any predator that would attack the sheep. The staff, a long pole with that hook at the end, used for catching the sheep to protect them from danger. And these comforted David because he knew that the Lord would defeat any attacker from without but would also protect him from wandering and getting himself into danger. And likewise, Jesus protects us from those external threats and also from ourselves. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 27-28. Some of my favourite words in in, in the Bible. My sheep listen to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. If Jesus is our shepherd, then we have eternal life. And even although we walk through those darkest of valleys, no one can remove us from his protective grasp. And this picture of safety, even in the play, even surrounded by danger, it continues in the next verse. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The scene has changed a bit here. No longer is Jesus like a shepherd leading us into pasture. Instead he's like a host welcoming us to a wonderful banquet that he has prepared for us even though we're surrounded by all of our enemies. Today we are surrounded by enemies. We're in a spiritual battle. The Bible says that Satan is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. And yet, even in the presence of that enemy, even in this evil and wicked world, we've been welcomed to the Lord's table this morning to take bread and to take the cup, to fellowship with each other and to remember our Saviour. The one who said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And as the Lord welcomes him, David said, you anoint my head with oil. For us, that may be a strange idea because the idea of getting oil poured on your head, I don't know if you've ever had that. I certainly haven't. And if you came into church and Tommy at the door poured oil on your head, you probably wouldn't thank him for that. But anointing a head with oil was an act of love and hospitality to a guest. Remember when Jesus went to the house of Simon the Pharisee? 
he was treated so coldly by Simon that he didn't even pour oil on his head. But then a woman, a sinful woman whose sins had been forgiven, came in and she anointed Jesus' feet with perfume. So Jesus said to him, you did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. But when Jesus welcomes us into his presence, he pours that soothing, that refreshing oil on our heads. He anoints us with his love. He reminds us of his joy. He tells us of his peace. He wants to show us how glad that He is that we're here this morning in His presence. And He does this so generously. I don't think anybody likes to sit with a stingy host. Proverbs 23, these verses must make you smile, they certainly do for me. It says, do not eat the food of a stingy man. For he's the kind of man who's always thinking of the cost. Please don't nudge anybody who this applies to. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the little you've eaten and you've wasted your compliments. Like the person who offers you a a bar and, and grudges it when you take a big bite. But Jesus, he's the exact opposite of this. Look what it says in verse 5. My cup overflows. Jesus wants to bless us so much that he keeps on pouring out of his love even when when our cup is full. He gives and he gives and he gives. Even although we don't deserve any of it. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, Paul says, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith, the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus gives and he gives and he gives. He is an abundant giver doesn't just try and get away with as little as possible. He wants to bless us so that our cup overflows. But finally, we can rejoice in all of these gifts. In the confidence that none of them will be taken away from us. You ever had something really good or was enjoying something really good and you can just have that nagging worry, that nagging fear in the back of your head that one of these days this will not be, not be the gift that we have or this will be taken from us or we'll lose this maybe. But we don't need to be like this with Jesus. David concluded this psalm with that amazing certainty. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was sure that the goodness And the steadfast love of the Lord would never be taken from him, no matter what life threw at him. And we can rest on that promise from our shepherd too. Again, listen to the words of Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, 
I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And one day he's going to come back and take us to be with him. And to be with him forever. So this is what Jesus is offering to us today. He wants to provide us with everything that we need. He wants, us to, wants to guide us in those paths of righteousness. He wants to protect us from that danger, from others and from ourselves. And he welcomes, wants to welcome us into the joy of his presence. For today and forever. And all we need to do to experience all of these wonderful blessings is to give up depending on ourselves or anybody else and instead put our trust completely in Him. Then we will be able to say that Jesus is my shepherd. He is all that I need.